Welcome to 5 Minutes in the Word. This is your daily podcast of Bible reading and insight into God's Word. We are concluding Esther chapter 3, looking at verses 12 through 15 in the God's Word translation. King Xerxes has put an an immense amount of trust in uh, Haman. He has so much trust, he's given him his signet ring to seal the deal of the plan, the plot, this absurd plot that Haman has come up with to annihilate the Jews. But let's listen to God's word. It reads, on the 13th day of the first month, the king's scribes were summoned. All Haman's orders were written to the king's satraps, the governors of every province, and the officials of every people. They wrote to each province in its own script and to the people in each province in their own language. The orders were signed in the name of King Xerxes and sealed with the king's ring. Messengers were sent with official documents to all the king's provinces. The people were ordered to wipe out kill and destroy all the Jews, young and old, women and children, on a single day, the 13th day of the 12th month, the month of Adair. Their possessions were also to be seized. A copy of the document was made public in a decree to every province. All the people were ready were to be ready for this day. Let me read that again. All the people were to be ready for this day. The messengers hurried out as the king told them. The decree was also issued at the fortress of Susa. So the king and Haman sat down to drink a toast. But the city of Susa was in turmoil. Again, it's Esther chapter 3, verses 12 through 15 in the God's Word translation, which titles these verses, Haman prepares to kill the Jews. I'll be back with insights and close with prayer. This is Hope Scott. I am your host of 5 Minutes in the Word, a daily podcast which spends a few minutes exploring God's Word. Thanks for listening, subscribing, and following my podcast. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Good Pods, or wherever you hear podcasts. Also, please like and follow Five Minutes in the Word on Facebook and Twitter. That again was Esther chapter 3, verses 12 through 15 in the God's Word translation. And there is so much information in this section. I doubt if I get to all of it, but I'm trying to uh, hit hit most of it. (laughs) And again, the king gives Haman... The, the green light. He gives him his, his seal of approval by giving him his signet ring, uh, ring to carry out this heinous act. The king undulates between an abuse of power 
and a lack of will to actually rule. He is, I mean, a ruler who easily gives someone else his power and gives that person the power to determine how to execute such a far-reaching decision without any further directives, that's uh, scary. It's a scary proposition to have that person as their your leader. But they said that this generally fits Xerxes. This is how he was. He would give someone uh, beneath him, like his second-in-command, he aligns himself with Haman, who is full of hate, and he's given him the green light to uh, for genocide, for hate crimes. So, you know, that's unthinkable. So he's given, uh, he was a man of extreme power who failed to utilize it correctly. Out of selfish ambition, warmongering, he invaded Greece. So I don't know if you knew that. Now you do. A little bit about Xerxes. That this was just how he was. He had extreme power, but he uh, failed to, ex uh, to utilize it correctly. And we thank God that we serve a God who has supreme power. He has all power. And he does utilize it correctly. Um, let me continue. He failed to win uh, the war that he started with Greece, that he started, even though his military was much larger than that of the Greeks. Something to think about. So this is a weak, wishy-washy leader, and he's, you know, easily giving over his, his responsibility, actually. He didn't investigate. He didn't do anything. He just took Haman's word for it. But anyway, let me get back to the commentaries. The scribes are those who were in charge of um, writing on the king's behalf, and they weren't necessarily professional lawmakers, but just copyists. On the day before the Jewish Passover in 474 BC, the decree was sent to each major government leader in the Persian Empire that the Jewish people were to be annihilated on a single day. Can you just imagine this? You know, it's it, it's like a movie plot from, you know, that you can't really wrap your mind around and you don't think it's real, but this is real. It really happened. Within four weeks, uh, Haman managed to secure an appointment with the king, drew up a decree in the king's name, and had got a seal, and quickly dispersed the decree throughout the entire uh, empire. The king treats the uh, the honor of his the men of his empire more than he does uh, with the important matter of the lives of Jewish people. Remember, he personally uh, allowed a decree that told wives that they could not um, dishonor their husbands, as Queen Vashti did, in the fact that she did not uh, come and you know display herself in front of his drunken friends. So, you know, this one of the examples of how weak of a ruler he is, that someone else could dictate to him what should happen, and he actually does it. He allows Haman to make final decisions regarding a genocide of the Jewish citizens in the provinces. The folly of the king's reign is further emphasized by the closing words in the passage, where he chooses to drink 
while the people in the capital are thrown into confusion over a forthcoming genocide. And just imagine uh, men and women on death row and you're celebrating. They're, you know, like at on wit's end, uh, anticipating what's going to happen. And the person that's in charge of pulling the switch, they're having drinks and partying. But anyway, I know that's far-fetched, but that's where my mind goes sometimes. Had the decree been to banish all Jews or expel them from the kingdom, that would have made sense. And that would have been severe enough to just uproot a person out of their, you know, what they're familiar with. But not to destroy them, to kill them, to cause them to perish, appointing them as sheep to, for the slaughter and not giving them a reason. And I'm sure even the neighbors who are charged to do this was like, what is going on? What is wrong with our king that he wants us to kill people who are our friends, people who are our neighbors, people who've done nothing to us? And the incentive, maybe it was just to get the uh, the the money, the you know the the genocide for monetary gains. Something to think about with the king's uh, approval. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that even when evil is planned, you can put put an end to it. And we thank you for that. Uh, Haman gave himself in, you know, this decree because it took three to four months for it to go, you know, to reach the entire kingdom. He set the, uh, the, the genocide for a year from the decree and 11 months before the plans were to be fulfilled. And according to the commentary, it it would have happened in February or March in 173 BC. And Father, we thank you that again, as we look at how you uh, set things in order, all that's confusion, all that's chaos, you set in order and we thank you for that father even what what uh people mean for evil you turn it around for good we thank you for that father uh father we pray for those who need you in a special way as we look at esther we see that you do know what's going on you do hear you do see even though they didn't call on you that one time in this book Father, you still care for your people, and we thank you for that. We pray for those who need you. Pray for those who need uh, direction, even. As even in this book, we're learning that uh, the Jewish people, they're they're upset. Uh, Everybody, not just the Jewish people. The whole kingdom is in turmoil because of this decree. But Father, we thank you that things that's too hard for us is not too hard for you. And we trust you in everything. Amen. Thank you for spending time in God's word with me. Be blessed.